Yeah, thank you. I need that. One of those right there. I'll take this one. Thank you. Just to hold stuff. I've got lots of stuff today. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. I've got a rock. I didn't even talk about this rock at the 930 service, but you guys are going to hear about this rock. Lucky you. Are you excited already? <laughs> yeah, we went about 15 minutes over at 930. I told you that. We, I'm going to try to keep it, keep it brief. But I want to start with this passage from Isaiah. Isaiah is speaking to people who have been exiled from their homeland and living in a place of, 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 of alien people, alien religions, a language they don't understand. It's not their home, especially it's not the home that God promised them early on. And, and so living in a place that's not familiar, a place that's mm, it's just not home, is a weird place to be. And I've done that several times in my life. And, you, and what you learn is you create something because God is always present with you. And this is what the prophet Isaiah has to remind these people, these, these people of God, Israelites, living in exile in a faraway country, a faraway place called Babylon. And here's what he says to them. Those who, who were, were, were afraid that maybe they were missing out on something that God was doing because of where they were. He says this. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea and a path through the mighty waters. The readers of this would know exactly what he's talking about. He's talking about when God rescued them from captivity and slavery in Egypt and took them through the Red Sea. And he carries on this description. He says, he who drew out the chariots and horses and armies and reinforcements together, and then they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Have you ever done that to a candle? Just snuff it out. And it's gone. All you see is a whiff of smoke. And he says this, listen, guys, you who are living far from the place you want to be, far from what you knew and loved, know this. Forget those things. Forget them in the sense that don't focus your attention on what you think you've lost. In other words, do not dwell on the past. He says, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up around you. Just look around. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness. In this place that is unfamiliar and uncertain, this place that is not home, I am making a way. And this place that seems like desolation to you, I am making a stream through this place, a place of refreshment for you. This passage to me signifies this promise that God makes to all of his children that no matter where they find themselves, God is there with them. And no matter what he's taken them through, he is not done with them. He is continually doing new, fresh, good things. And I don't know where you're at this morning in your journey and where God has brought you from and what you see around you and how you feel about what you see around you. But if anything, I want you to be reminded from this verse that God is doing fresh and good things around you. God is making ways in the wilderness and he's bringing streams of refreshing up in your barren places. So that, if that was all we were talking about this morning, that would be enough right there. God is always at work always at work. He is with them in Babylon. He is with you wherever you are. Today, however, we're talking about Sherwood Oaks. 
Many of you are new to this family, so you don't know the story and the history of Sherwood Oaks. We're going to unpack a little bit of that for you. So you know what your legacy is. You know what your history is. And I will tell you this, that God has taken us through a lot of stuff in our church history, but he has never abandoned us once. And every time we look around, we see new, fresh things God is doing. It's still the same as it was then, and it will be in the future. It is today. Heavenly Father, we thank you for that promise that you are with us, just as you were with your people in exile in Babylon, doing fresh and good things there, even amongst them. So many good things that when the time came to go back to Israel, many of them stayed because you had blessed them so much there in that place of exile. God, you are with us here. You have been with us, you are with us now, and I love talking about how you are leading us into the future. Today, as we open your word, as we were reminded of who we are and celebrate that, God, refresh our love and passion and zeal for this church that matters to you and matters to us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, uh, 60th year, our 60th birthday, 60 years ago. Who was alive 60 years ago? It's all right. Just be honest, Jerome. We know you were. Really? Okay. Wow. So uh, some of you are, were barely, like, you, you were, like, fresh 60 years ago. I know. So you are not going to remember this, but 60 years ago, we were in the middle of a little mini-crisis. Not a mini-crisis, a, a, a nuclear missile crisis right on our southern border. Anyone know what I'm talking about here? The Cuban Missile crisis, that's right. 60 years ago, one of our own, John Glenn, was the first man to orbit the earth. I'm going to help you out here because we don't want to go 15 minutes over. Uh, the first African-American elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame was in 1962. His name was Jackie Robinson. Very good. Two new superheroes were introduced to the Marvel Universe. One of them could shoot spider webs out of his, that's a big hint, Spiderwebs out of his hand. Who was that? Okay, good job. Another one was a big green muscle guy who had temper issues. Yes, the Incredible Hulk. Uh, I don't know what you do late at night when you got a hunger for uh, something, um, but I know in Bedford, if you go by this little restaurant, there is a line around the side, and it's not Starbucks. Here in our town, it is Taco Bell, Taco Bell, 60 years old. Um, if you want uh, um, the place for great value is uh, right on John Williams Boulevard at the end, right you come off the highway, big mega store named Walmart 60 years old ago. If you're too bougie for Walmart, you like my use of that word, bougie? I just learned what it meant. If you're too bougie for Walmart, you go to Bloomington and you go to... Target. Target is also 60 years old today. Thanks to Sean Green, who gave me all this information. I do not keep track of this stuff personally. You need to know that. My favorite middle management guy who carried his spaceship in his briefcase. Anyone know who I'm talking about? George Jetson, 60 years old. 60 years old this year. And your kids, if they were in the nursery or preschool here at Sherwood Oaks, they are nourished and fueled by this very popular little snack cracker. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Goldfish. Goldfish. The little cheddar goldfish crackers were introduced in 1962. This is a controversial one. I do not want to get fired over this, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. Um, pizza. The introduction of pineapple and ham. How many of you guys are pineapple and ham pizza fans? 
Uh, we got, okay, we got, oh, look at this. Pretty good contingent here. I, I, join your, I join your ranks. I, too, love pineapple. A Hawaiian pizza, we call it. Hawaiian pizza was introduced 60 years ago. Where, just by, no, you were in the first service. You don't get to guess, Dave. Anyone want to venture a guess where Hawaiian pizza originated from? Where? Gene, where? Genius. Oh, genius. Okay, yeah, we'll give genius to, to you. But what geographical location? Anyone want to venture a guess? Throw one out. Hawaii, great guess, but not right. Chicago, home of great pizza, but not right. Anyone else? One last guess. Another great pizza, but no. A very unlikely place called Canada. You might have heard of Canada. I think up there they call it Canadian ham, Canadian bacon and pineapple. But that's where it was, it was uh, created, right there in Canada. Thank you, Canada, neighbors to the north. Sherwood Oaks had their first service 60 years ago in a little rented building. And from that first service, some amazing things by God's grace began to happen. It was birthed as a church with this mission of loving God and loving others right there in the Bloomington community. Of course, that meant the university was part, was a big part of that vision. But that, that original impulse, love God, love others, has carried through everything we are as a church. So right here at our campus, it's, it's, it's demonstrated in our partnerships with our local mission partners, uh, Hope Resource Center, Becky's Place just down the road, that's the shelter for women and children, and the Men's Warming Shelter. Our church is a big part of those ministries, and it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's an echo of our lar church's larger vision to love God and love others. At, at our Bloomington campus uh, up there, I mean, they've got a deep investment in Hannah House, things like the IU Christian Fellowship House. Those are places where they love God and love others. Across our nation, we have lots of ministry partners. There's food ministries. With Master Provisions, they provide food for people in places that, that lack it. Bible translating ministries like Pioneer Bible Translators and Wycliffe, we've got partnerships with them. Medical missions. I just got back from Kenya on a medical mission team. Uh, we got outreaches to students and athletes and internationals through, uh, through our, our uh, Bloomington campus and the ministries there. Globally, we have partnerships in North Africa, in Ghana, in Kenya, in Ethiopia, in Swaziland. Anyone ever been to Swaziland? Anyone want to go to Swaziland? I'm up for it. Let's go to Swaziland. Let's go check it out. Austria, if you want to go to Europe, Austria, we have, we have trainings there for, for pastors and leaders, church leaders from former communist countries who come to our training centers in Austria and learn how to lead better, have theological training. In Spain, we've got a great outreach to Muslim immigrants. In Romania, with the peoples there, children there. Indonesia, Taiwan, China, China, North Korea, for crying out loud, Burma, and Papua New Guinea. Papua New Guinea. Who wants to go to Papua New Guinea? They just quit eating people there not too long ago, I understand. They've, they've not been eating people less time than we've been at church. So that should, that should tell you, maybe give you some pause, but I think it'd be fun to go. Go to South America, we've got Guatemala, Honduras, Haiti, we've, in, we've instituted some mission partners there. Up in Canada, thanks Canada again, we've got some mission partners up there. In New England, we've got some church planning partners. The impact of Sherwood Oaks and those who call it home reaches all over the world. This is a great place to call home. It is a great place to call home. Now, as I said, today's sermon is not 
really a sermon so much as is just a, just a reminder and a celebration of who we are and what we value here. And it's going to be, at the end of the service, an invitation to join us in that, what we call partnership, to become part of this family, to serve and love the community around us. Now, who we are really is expressed in our values, and we post those on the wall. One of our values fell down last week. The frame had just seen too much too much hard work. Uh, we work our values hard here, and it just gave up. So we've got to replace one of them. We've not, we've not given up on that value. We just need to get it back on the wall. But our values, you probably recognize these. One of our values is that we live like God owns everything. We live like God owns everything. King David, at the end of his life, wanted to build a temple. But God said, no, you're a man of war. You can't build a temple, but you can certainly finance it. David was a man of incredible wealth. And so David, David gave the bulk of his wealth to this project of building the temple. And in doing so, he said this to God. He says, everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. First Chronicles 29, 14, everything comes from you, and we've given you only what comes from your hand. David understood that what we have is merely a gift. God just gifts us to us with the intention that we steward it towards things that express his values, his heart. As individuals, we want to live that way. But here at this campus, we, we live that way too. This building is an expression that we, we understand we want to live like God owns everything. So in addition to Sunday morning and, and Wednesday nights and, and teen nights and Saturday morning men's and women's breakfast, in addition to that, sort of the church stuff, this building also gets used by IU Health. It gets used by Bible Study Fellowship. It gets used by the Hoosier Hills Mobile Food Pantry. It gets used by a homeschool organization. It gets used by the Cub Scouts. It gets used by the, the Lawrence County Senior Fair. There's even a women's workout group that uses this building. That's just on Monday. No, no. That's, that's, that's a lot, though, isn't it? We want this building, the chairs, the audiovisual, the lighting, the sound system, the kids' classrooms, the men's and women's restrooms, the kitchen. All of it is God's. And so if we can make that available to others and glorify him in the process, absolutely here at this church, we live like God owns everything, and we share it with anyone who has a need. We mentor across generations. Deuteronomy begins uh, in the, the Old Testament sort of, sort of establishes who God's people are going to be. And one of the things that God says, I want my people to be about, a, about something very important. I want my people to be about the next generation. It says, I, I insist on this. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 and 7, it says, I insist that you teach God's word diligently to your children. We want to be always investing God's truth into our kids. Friday night, we had our parents' night out. How many of you guys took advantage of that? Great night, fun night. I was not looking forward to it in the spirit of absolute transparency. It seemed like a lot of work. But Miss Trudy Thorne was here. She's a former retired PE teacher, and my word, she deserved a gold medal. She, she ran those kids hard. They all went home and slept a good 12 hours after that. She worked them hard. I, she was amazing. But I loved watching her pour into those kids, and those kids respond to her. I know that she left that night tired but feeling great about using her skills and gifts to impact the lives of these kids. This is what we do. As, as adults into uh, younger generations' lives. And it works both ways. Here's how it works. 
One, we who are learning and, and growing and, and have a grasp on God's truth, share it with the next generation. That, that next generation, in turn, teaches us how to apply it to the culture and generation that we're part of, that we're, that we're in. Cultures are always shifting. They're always changing. There are always new challenges that we're facing. And the next generation has, a, has the, the task of helping us apply God's truth to the new cultures that are always emerging in our lives. It works both ways. We mentor across generations. We tell life-changing faith stories. One of the songs I grew up singing was this, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Anyone know it? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Very simple. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. What do they say? I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed. We sang that song 60 years ago when we were in the Taco, Taco Bell drive through line. I was reading this passage again because it came to mind, and I looked it up in the NIV, and the NIV has it translated this way. In Psalm 107.2, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. What is their story? I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed. But those redemption stories are so important for, for a couple of things. For letting others be encouraged by your own walk of faith. None of our walks of faith are easy. We all encounter struggles and places where faith is in tension with other, other aspects of our belief system, where the world around us is challenging to our faith, where circumstances stretch our faith. But those faith stories that we tell encourage others, and it builds the kingdom. And through our faith stories, we, we learn to love each other and care for each other where we find our people. Faith stories are so important. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those stories, I'm going to be honest with you, are usually not from the platform. Some of our faith stories are, are pretty personal. And so those faith stories get shared in the context of trusted groups, our small groups, our men's and women's groups, where we, we have the freedom and the grace and the, and the, I don't know, the security of telling our faith story with people who we know love us. Faith stories are so important. It's how the church is strengthened, really, as we tell our faith stories, as we encourage one another. We think like everyday missionaries. In, uh, in the first chapter of Acts, Jesus is leaving his disciples. But before he does, he tells them this. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest parts of the earth, Bedford, Indiana. And the disciples said, where in the world is that? Jesus says, you just follow me and do what I say, and you'll get there eventually. And look, here we are today because the disciples followed through on that value of being everyday missionaries. Missionaries are known by two things, two things primarily. One, they love God and his truth. They've, they've been changed by God's truth, and they love it. They want to share that truth. But they also love God's people. They love the people that God loves. And so God will often implant in a true missionary's heart a love for people that he may, might never even have met yet. But he says, I feel like God is calling me to North Korea. I feel like God is calling me to Austria. I feel like God is calling me to Swaziland. And you say, what? He goes, I know. I just feel this love for this country that I, I don't even really know them, but I feel like God's doing it. They're known by love for God's truth and love for others. Well, the truth is that we don't have to go to Swaziland or North Korea to do those things, to be everyday missionaries. We love God's word and we love the people that God has put around us. 
This is, this is amazing. These people are around us. They're, they're serving us coffee at Bob Evans. They're exchanging gifts with us at our family Christmas. As people of faith, we want to live every day intentionally aware that we are representing Jesus, his truth, and his love to those around us. We want to be thinking like everyday missionaries. And when we do that, we will be the best church for Bedford, Indiana. We create fun and refreshing experiences. Now, again, the popcorn is fun, not so much refreshing. But I tell you, being with you guys refreshes me. I am refreshed by being with you. David said, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I want this to be the kind of place where people are glad to go in and they are refreshed when they walk out. I love the song we sing to start with. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And I sing that song and go, there is joy in the house of the Lord today. That is a true saying for me. It's not always true of churches. In many churches, there, there are just painful memories associated with church. For me, there are literal painful memories. The, the wooden pews that I grew up with in the church, I, I don't want to go back to that. I, don't, I like our chairs much better. But for some of you, you come from church experiences that are, are emotionally and spiritually painful. You got, some, you got some scars, some battle scars over past church experiences where the people that were trusted to love you like Jesus loved you didn't. We don't want to be that kind of church. We want to love people as Jesus loves them. Our goal is not to be a comedy club, although I think I'm funny. And I'll tell you, if you were at Trunk or Treat this past fall and you were out there when Jeff Lampson was trying to get that pumpkin chucker to work, was anyone around for that? Was I the only one that was laughing hysterically? And the harder I laughed, the madder he got and the funnier it got. It was so much. If we could replicate that here in this moment, I would. But I don't, want to, I don't want to make Jeff sin by getting angry and angrier, but it was hilarious. Our goal is not to be a comedy club, um, but we want to be a place where people feel safe and loved and connected to each other, where they feel refreshed, and it's, it's fun. It's delightful to go into the house of the Lord. Now, these are great values. These values shape who we are, the decisions we make, the missions we support, the energy we invest what we do and what we don't do. And as we were thinking through these values a couple of months ago, it became clear that there's something we're doing here that fights against these values. And as we began thinking through them, and the staff leaned into this and, and sort, of, sort of processed through this with me, something became really clear. In 2020, when we're all going through this weird, uncertain time, um, we moved to two services for the goal of providing sort of um, proper distancing protocol to do what we could, what we knew at the time to do, to create space spaces for us. And so we moved to two services, giving us plenty of room to do all of those things. The need and those guidelines that we were following no longer are applicable in our situation. And so as we've been processing through this, we've been thinking, okay, should we stick with two services or we, should we consider going back to one? And so rather than make this a decision based on, well, I like this or I like this, so well, let's align these how, do these, how do these, how do these measure up against our values? 
And as we measured them against our values, a few things became really clear. One, if we're going to live like God owns everything, then we need to be wise with our resources of people and time and energy and effort and even finances. One service allows us to use all those resources more efficiently and better. To steward them the way God would want us to steward them. If we want to mentor across generations, I love you guys at this service, but, and I see a lot of kids here today. This, this is sort of not making my point. But generally, <laughs> but generally the, nine, the 930 service is where the bulk of our kids gather. The programming happens then. We have a lot of kids running through the hallways. I love it. I love seeing those kids. And one of our values of mentoring across generations is that older generations pour into the lives of younger generations. But to do that, you gotta, you got to be together. You've got to know each other. And so, so if we want to mentor across generations, we need to make sure the generations are actually interfacing with each other. So we think one service will do that better, where kids and grandmas and grandpas and old aunts and uncles and grumpy old guys like me sort of have to share the same space and learn to love and pour into each other's lives. We tell life-changing faith stories. I mean, just a couple weeks ago, we had like five baptisms at 9.30. You know how many we did at 11 o'clock? None. Now, <laughs> I'm not blaming you for that. I'm just saying that that because we had two services, one service got to experience the energy and excitement of that life-changing faith story that was happening right in front of us, and one service didn't. And if we're going to tell life-changing faith stories that build up the congregation, man, as much as we can, we want to do that together. So we think one service will enable us to share our encouragements and burdens better. We want to think like everyday missionaries. One of the values here when people come through the door that I have personally is that I want, people, I want people to feel like they're home. I, this is a great church to belong to. This is a great home to be part of. But depending on which service you come, you only meet half the family. And you guys are amazing. And I want the 930 crowd to know the amazing people at 11 o'clock. And I want the 11 o'clockers, you guys, to know the amazing people at 930. So, we want to think like everyday missionaries. One service means that, that newcomers who are exploring faith, exploring what it means to be part of a church, get to meet all of us. And what's more fun and refreshing than having a room full of people? Last two weeks ago, we had one service. The place was filled. We were putting some extra chairs out. It was a great morning. The energy, the, the vibe was so good. It was fun, and it was refreshing. So, from the staff and our key volunteers, as we've been conversing, it seems clear that, that we're ready to move back to one service. Now, the 930 service at this point in town broke out in applause. They were ready. You guys, I know, are going, okay, 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 uh, but what does that mean? Um, I, like, I like getting up a little late and having my coffee and showing up at 11 o'clock. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> but... We're moving it. Uh, we're going to do a 6 o'clock in the morning service. Um, no, we're not doing that. But that helps pave the way for what I am going to say. We're going to do a 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock service, one service at 10 o'clock. Um, that means the 9.30 service has a little extra time in the morning to enjoy their morning and relax and watch the sun come up. You all have a less time to do that, but we're all making sacrifices in this world, aren't we? Uh, you guys, though, I, this is the bigger ask of you. 
This is the bigger, the bigger ask. But I think you guys can do it. I think you can do it. 10 o'clock. It's a small change, mm, but, um, but I think it's going to have a big, big, big impact on who we are as a church. I really do. I really do. We're still going to shoot for an hour, Jerome. So we're going to shoot for an hour. But my aim is horrible. So... <laughs> So we'll shoot for an hour, and if we hit an hour and 15, we'll, I'll feel really good about the morning. Now, I'm praying that each of you handle this adjustment well, because I, this is a great place to call home. And you all make it a great place to call home. And I want you all to come with us on this journey back to one service. Now, even great homes periodically need a little refresh. So we've been going through this process. We, we are changing our, our logo. Every every corporation or business, most of them have a logo associated with themselves. Some of them are very recognizable, some of them aren't. Ours has been very recognizable for a while. Without looking at the giant logo on our floor that you all walk over every Sunday morning, can someone describe a few aspects of our current logo? Anyone? Yes, Tori. Yes to love. That is our, that's sort of our, our saying that goes along with our logo. So yes to love is a motto that we've leaned into. The graphic, though, does anyone know what the graphic is? A bubble. There's a speech bubble. Anything else? Green. There's a lot of green in it. Anything else? What? There's a big S. We call it the big S bubble. The... I love saying it. I'm going to miss saying that, actually. Um, so the big S, <laughs> you got to be careful when you describe our, our logo. That big S is going away, and we're moving to a, uh, as Ken Grail says, let's not post this video online. Ken Grail says we're going to the broke S. So here's our new logo. So you see it there. I'm going to give you time just to look at it a little bit. Just, just, just consider it, think about it, process it. Don't come to any quick judgments. For most of us, we couldn't care less what the logo is because logos don't drive ministry. Jesus drives ministry. But this is sort of a front curb appeal thing for us that sort of references who we are now as people. So, um, yeah, Sherwood Oaks Christian Church, Bedford, that's, none of that's changing. But this little logo here, this oval, there's a couple things that, as we've discussed this, things that we see here. We see, um, we see uh, links in a chain. Do you see the chain links there in that? that? That sort of speaks to this idea that we are connected to each other. This idea of connection, of finding your people, of belonging. We're connected to each other. Uh, some people see, as sort of looking down on it, see arms reaching and embracing others and a warm welcome. So anyone, anyone see that? I, I, I sort of saw that. So you, those of you who have little kids probably saw Lego hands. Um, but it still works, Lego hands connecting to each other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so one of my friends who's in the military said, oh, it sort of looks like the shape of a dog tag. I go, I love that too. I love the dog tag view. It reminds us that we're in this together in a mission that's greater than ourselves. And then my friend Brad said, oh, it's SOCC. And I go, is it? He goes, yeah, there's the S. There's the two CCs, and there's the O around it, S-O-C-C. -C. I go, uh, I didn't see that at all, but now I can't not see it. So again, this logo is not 
again, this is not a, a ministry driver. This is a reflection of who we are as people, this idea of connection. It's not a logo that shouts at you, that screams at you. It's not going to be something just, what in the world is that? It's a very subtle one. But, but again, we're not, out to, we're not out to be the best church in town. We want to be the best church for our town. And so we can, we can be a little subtle with that. I think this logo is going to serve us well for many years to come. So start looking uh, around for it in, um, in different places around the campus. We're going to start uh, laying this out over the next several months. You'll see it show up in different places. I've got some stickers for you that you can pick up on your way out. I put one of these stickers on my binder. It, uh, it, it's, it, it sort of shows off our new logo, but it also reminds me which side is up on my binders because invariably I get up here and open to the back. So this will now help me. So the logo is already proving itself useful to me. Um, in regards to communication, we're also getting a little facelift on our Facebook page, uh, our, our, uh, our website. So if you've interacted with the Sherwood Oaks website, I use it a lot, and I still get frustrated trying to find stuff on it. So we're simplifying that and creating easier ways to connect and, and get information so that you can find connections here at Sherwood Oaks. Jim Clark, who's overseeing that process, said it should roll out this week. He said, Monday this week or Friday this week, I don't know. But sometime this week, you should see a refresh on the Sherwood Oaks web page. I tell you, this is a great place to call home. Good things are happening on around us. And we are always looking forward in the future. How can we better serve the people around us, the communities that God has placed us in? How can we be the best church for Bedford or Bloomington? I love the legacy. I love the history of Sherwood Oaks. I've been part of that legacy and history for many years now. I love this church. But I'm just as excited about what's coming next for us as a, as a congregation. I'm eagerly looking forward into the future. I believe our vision is very thoughtful. I believe it's God. It's a God vision. It is based on this, this, this deep hope and confidence in God's faithfulness. And this, this I think, eager expectation that God can do more in the future than he's even done here in our past. That God is going to continue in advancing in greater ways, work in us and through us and around us as we show up and we simply care for each other and the people around us. This is the church I want to be part of. This is a great place to call home. I want you guys to call this place home as well. Now, some of you have been part of our congregation since the beginning, and you're like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm part of it. So today, we have some cards um, that we're going to pass out. If they're not in your seat back, I think um, we're going to make those available. Are those in the seat back? Do you have any of those there? Do you have those there? If you, you see them? Bob is, yeah, we've got a few there. we got a few there. So these are just, here's what these are. These are a way to hear back from you guys. These, these give us three options. So the first circle here is, is, called, is called renew. Renew. I, I'd like to renew my partnership with Sherwood Oaks Christian Church. We're 60 years in. This is a great chance for us to renew and re-up, as it were, into the mission that God has called us to in this community. I'd like to renew. If you're already a part of our congregation, if you're already a partner with us, just check that box. If you want to begin, you're like, I've been attending, sort of watching, and we think we like what we see here. I think we're ready to make this official. Then check that second circle. We're, we're ready to begin. We're ready to be part and call ourselves part of this family at Sherwood Oaks Bedford. 
Now, maybe you've been coming for just a little while and you go, I, I like it. I think you guys are great. You're fun. I'm, I'm happy to come and I enjoy being here. But I don't know. The whole partnership, that, that's sort of scary. I need to know more information. I totally get it. Like I said last week, I was a year in at Sherwood Oaks on staff before I committed to being a member there. So I get that hesitancy, but we want to help answer any questions you have. We're going to offer an explore partnership with Sherwood Oaks class uh, the first of the year. So if you want to be part of that, just check that explore box, and we can keep you posted on anything you might want to know about who we are and how to be part of what God is doing right down here. Regardless of which box you circle, um, if you circled any of them, please fill out your name and your preferred contact information. That would be great for us. Now, we're going to give you a chance to do that. I'm going to invite um, the worship team up. We're going we're to sing a song. Um, as we do that, uh, I'm going to go ahead and just, because I don't even know what time it is. It is 12.08. We are already over time. Oh, my word. So we're going to share in a time of communion. We're not going to rush it. They're going to, they're going to sing as we take communion. This is a song is called The Blessing, and it's just a reminder that God is working among us and in us and through us, and God blesses us as we follow and trust in him. He desires to do more than we can ask or imagine if we follow him. So we're going to sing this song as our servers serve, and then at the end, I'm going to have Jeff Barnhill come up. He's going to share an offering thought, and then we've got a few announcements, and then we'll get you out of here. I thought by noon, but we passed that mark. So, sorry, happy birthday. Happy birthday. When the gospel writer John begins his story of Jesus' life, he begins with the, the Christmas story, but his version of the story begins like this. It says in John chapter 1, verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, made his dwelling among us. The story of God's interaction with humanity is one of God coming close, making connection, of, of finding his people and of, of us finding him. Jesus came to connect us and make a way for us to connect with God. Through his death, burial, and resurrection, Jesus showed us what it truly means to love God and love others. And we want to walk that way as a church. So as we share this morning, Jesus, in this time, may the cup and the bread remind us of your love for us. And God, may we walk in your footsteps. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for watching this message from Sherwood Oaks Christian Church. Did you know you can view any message from the past six years at socc.org messages? You can also view complete worship services from the past month at socc.tv.